All beings begin their lives with hopes and aspirations. Among these aspirations is the desire that there will be a straight path to those goals. It is seldom so. Perhaps never. You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? Should I have? It's a ship that made the capital run less than 12 parsons. Hey everyone, I'm Danny from Castle Run Weekly, and I'm sure you've noticed that Heather, unfortunately, is not here with me today. She wasn't able to make it, um, however, I'm sure she'll be back uh, next week. But no worries, the show must go on. Um, in an exciting show, obviously, because chapters 10 through 12 of Throng was absolutely awesome. Um, it was very action-packed, but not really with, like of fighting, violence kind of action um, that you normally would see, um, it's it was, gave you more of that political thriller kind of feel. Um, because we know uh, Arinda Price, um, which for those of you who are not sure, first of all, before I get any further into this, um, in case you haven't noticed by now, um, this is not spoiler free. Spoilers galore. So if you have not read the book, bookmark this. Save it for later. And then watch it. Because <laughs> uh, otherwise it'll ruin the book for you. Um, we're definitely going to be talking spoilers. Chapters 10 through 12, man. So it was like a political thriller kind of thing. And um, Arinda Price, for those of you who are familiar with the name, not really sure who it is, uh, Arinda Price is Governor Price on Star Wars Rebels. So we actually see her, not really end, but her future from this beginning. Um, we can kind of see where she's going to grow into and things like that. And with in the earlier chapters, I'm not exactly sure exactly which ones, but in the earlier chapters, um, obviously we know she's got the revenge um, on her governor um, of Lothal. Um, she's wanting to come after him for taking her mining company and things like that. Um, a whole, or trying to rather. Um, a She's got a lot of reven revenge and everything going there. Um, in these chapters, starting out with chapter 10, we start with a price-focused chapter, uh, a render price-focused. Uh, she is going through the, and basically talking about the political climate of everything. Um, she's with uh, her friends that she's met uh, and things like that for Ascension Week. Um, now, this is the first I've ever heard of Ascension Week, and maybe that makes me a bad Star Wars fan, but um, Ascension Week is the week leading up to Empire Day. Personally, I think that's kind of a messed up thing to celebrate <laughs> because Ascension Week basically would include Order 66, um, the, Empire, the Empire's rise, Palpatine declaring himself the Galactic Emperor, um, the burning of all of the Jedi bodies in a big pyre on the steps of the temple, being named as traitors, like, it doesn't seem like a happy time for you. But at the same time, in the world and the universe that this is in, obviously it's ripe with propaganda. Um, I'm sure that Palpatine has remembered history the way he wants to remember it. Um, and so it, the truth may not actually be well known. Um, at least the truth as to what is close to happening and things like that. And please forgive me if you hear a dog bark. I've got a dog. He likes to talk a lot. I apologize. <laughs> uh, but 
that whole week, like, that, that just seems crazy that you'd want to celebrate that. But obviously we're privy to more information than what most of the galaxy in the story is actually privy to. Um, so yeah, so Ascension Week, um, leading all the way up to Empire Day. Um, they're celebrating Ascension Week, and so Arenda is showing her friend, um, her friends around, Driller and Wanir, I believe was the name. Uh, Driller and Wanir, um, the ones that, Wanir is the one that she made friends with um, while working at the Citizen Assistant Office. Um, Driller is, I believe, a friend of Wanir. Kind of thing. But yeah, so Biffles going out, having fun, all that kind of stuff. Um, so they go to the Ascension Week parties. They're in the Senators thing and everything. And we're into showing them around. Um, the whole thing of that, I, I love... I would love to see that on screen, something like that. And I think with the Vanity Fair photos that um, had been published recently for The Last Jedi where we see Canto Bight, which is supposed to be like a rich, gambling uh, kind of planet, um, I think we're going to see kind of what this scene would have looked like had it been on screen. Uh, with the rich elite everywhere and everyone is um, kind of kissing up to each other. Um, even the book describes this is the week that uh, politicians, senators, governors, um, just the Coruscant elite are going through making deals um, where they can not be traced um, and just kind of like secret kind of things going on. So it's almost kind of got a dark undertone to all of it, um, which is fitting for like, basically Empire Week. <laughs> uh, but this is the time that everybody gets together, together and is like, hey, you do a favor for me, I'll do a favor for you, or you're going to do this because I've got blackmail on you, and things like that. Um, so kind of screwed up a little bit. Um, but Arenda is looking to take full advantage of this um, and get to know either the assistance to the senators to where she can eventually, basically her name is a household name, to where she can translate that into promotion and move up and things like that. Which is kind of smart. I mean, even though she's not really the tactician the way that Thrawn is, she definitely has a good grasp on the political climate um, and how to maneuver that, really, I think. Uh, as far as kind of trying to think of how to say it, but it's kind of trying to find a way to get to where she wants to be. Um, she has promotion in mind the whole time. As far as trying to get to where she needs to be in order to, uh, which I, I believe she eventually abandons her family's mining. I don't know that for sure, though. Hasn't said it in the book. Really doesn't say anything about that in Rebels. So we don't really know what happens with that. But in all honesty, I, I believe her aspirations are going to take her way above that. I mean, obviously, she ends up being the governor. Um, so I don't know. Maybe she ends up getting that back in the process of getting to the top. Uh, but she's definitely got a good grasp on the strategy required to maneuver the political climate um, in Coruscant. But all that is ripped up under her when she's doing uh, a drop for ranking. Uh, Senator Rinking, who she works for, she's the assistant to, um, apparently these are drops that she's been doing and things like that, which 
I guess that she just doesn't mind. It's kind of part of the thing. I don't know, but the whole thing's weird. Um, the whole thing goes awry because she's taking it to Gotti as a little uh, data disc thing. And um, she's taking it to Senator Gotti, uh, another fellow senator that ranking has been having communications back and forth with. We don't know what it was or anything like that. But it, she basically has the rug completely pulled out from under her because Gotti, uh, with her instructions, she's supposed to get the data disc back. Uh, Gotti keeps the original and gives her a fake. Price being Price, she notices it, and he basically sprays her with drugs. Like, what? So she, she gets sprayed with spri spice, uncooked spice. So she gets a little weird, a little high and everything. Not sure what's going on. And he's like, oh, well, tell anybody. Cops will get you. You're screwed. And it's over with. So she really doesn't have much of a choice. And so basically, Gotti has her by the throat. And she goes. And I mean, what else can she do? Um, so it's something that she didn't really account for, um, which is cool to see that kind of strategy in this book being centered around Thrawn where it, he seemingly accounts for everything. And now we're seeing someone who has tactical prowess uh, of a sort, but she's more so kind of, I mean, human, really. She makes a, mis she makes a mistake. She overestimates she thinks it's just a regular drop. She thinks it's just something that always happens. Um, but it doesn't turn out that way this time. Um, but yeah, so Gotti blackmails her basically with spraying her with spice. The next morning, she loses her job. Loses her apartment too. Like, uprooted altogether. Um, so her story is, is pretty interesting. Um, because literally she's having to start from almost square one. Like, she has nothing. Like, she's lost her speeder, she's lost her apartment, she's lost her job. So, she goes to a government assistant office. Go figure. <laughs> um, heads to a government assistant office and goes and talks with that supervisor after she's talked with one of the people, noticing that they're pretty much understaffed, and is like, Hey, this lady sucks, so I can do a better job. I'll work for free for the week, If you and if I do better, give me the job. Which is some killer confidence. Don't know that I'd be able to ever do something like that, um, but that's awesome. Uh, it really shows her, I want to say gumption? Kind of her initiative and her drive as far as wanting to, want, knowing what she wants and going to go get it. Uh, she's on a mission, for sure. Uh, she's not going to deviate from that mission. And I think that's what makes it so cool because anyone else... Literally losing everything would have just gone, oh well, I guess I should give up. But Price being Price and being as driven as she is, she's not going to let that affect her. She's not going to let that ruin her. And so she's like, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to go get me a job. It's just going to happen. People are just going to give it to me. Um, but, I mean, she's obviously worth it. Like, I mean, the her aspiration and her drive for that is crazy. Like, super confidence after everything. And so I'm really excited to see where she goes from there. Um, but we're talking about Thrawn. The book Thrawn. So let's talk about Thrawn. <laughs> um, so Thrawn and Vanto, 
BFFs for life, right? Bros. Um, they are basically dealing with the aftermath of what happened in the last three chapters that we talked about with the Tabana gas um, and things like that, where their previous captain basically was upset with them for not obtaining all of the Tabana gas, or not obtaining any Tabana gas at first, um, and saving the crew. And Thrawn's like, what's up? I thought the lives were the lives were better than this. I saved the crew. What's the deal? And so Thrawn's still getting his bearings on the Empire, kind of seeing what they really look out for. Um, I don't know really how that is registering with Thrawn, uh, whether or not it's changing him to that same evil perspective. I mean, one would assume, seeing as where he is in the animated series and things like that, but the book doesn't really say. It's almost as if he's still just playing the game to try to see where the game takes him. At the same sense, knowing where he wants to be. So he's not going to be anywhere he doesn't want to be, but I, I don't know. I feel like my head would just literally explode if I really started to dissect that, but it's really cool. Um, so yeah, so at the end of the last few chapters, um, they were interrogating the smugglers um, that they had picked up off of the ship where the Tapanagas was and it was hijacked and all that kind of stuff trying to find Signy. Um, apparently in the time between last chapter and chapter 10, or 11, I believe is when they start talking about Thrawn, um, they have found, or at least the ship, they found the ship, um, but only has 40% of the Tabana gas that was on it before. So, for whatever reason, Thrawn is still court-martialed, which seems ridiculous, but yay Empire. <laughs> uh, but Thrawn is court-martialed, and it's just kind of, he's kind of like, well, whatever happens, happens, and um, he gets in touch with General Wolf Yularen. Familiar name again, obviously, who is, during this Ascension Week, and they're here at the, the party and everything, is bent on basically getting Thrawn and Vantos dismissed. Uh, or dismissed uh, as far as the court-martial. So where they're not marshaled anymore, they don't have to uh, be convicted or anything like that, um, which obviously is all a part of Thrawn's plan. I mean, what isn't, really? Um, I'm sure his lunch was a part of his plan. I don't know. But <laughs> um, but it's all a part of Thrawn's plan, and so him and Eli are both acquitted. So, yay, we saw that coming, which is awesome. Still seems weird that there were even charges brought against them, but it's the Empire, so why not? <laughs> um, but yeah, so after them being acquitted of that, um, Thrawn and Eli are waiting on their next orders as far as what ship they're going to be on because they were on the Blood Crow. Obviously that captain, or yeah, that captain didn't really want them there or anything like that, and they were booted off of that, so now they are assigned to the Thunder Wasp. Who names these ships? <laughs> uh, Blood Crow was cool. Thunder Wasp is, I don't, know, eh, I don't know. That was a little weird, but we'll go with it. So the Thunder Wasp. Um, but in the time of them getting their orders, um, Eli's approached by um, a senator's assistant. Uh, goes by the name of Miss Colt. Uh, where she offers him a job. So we know in the la literally since the beginning of the book, uh, Eli's been struggling with his career path and his career decisions and things like that. Um, 
because he wanted to be a supply officer. That's what his family wanted him to be. That's what he wanted to be. So he gets caught up in Thrawn, and all of that is uprooted. For whatever reason, he still feels like he wants to be a supply officer. But I believe that the conversation he has with Miss Culp completely changes that, because she goes to him. She's the senator's aide to uh, Senator Gotti, which, if you remember, was our spice sprayer guy, um, who basically just, like, ruined Price overnight. Um, but, yeah, so she's the senator's assistant to, or senator's aide to Senator Gotti. Um, she's offering him, offering Eli a desk job of a sense, but with opportunity of promotion to eventually become his own captain, which Eli's kind of like, do I even want this? Like, it sounds cool, but I've never seen myself as a captain. Um, but in diving more and actually utilizing a lot of what he's noticed and learned from Thrawn and in kind of reading people and things like that, he wants to know that he kind of dives into the greater reason of, okay, well, why? Why, why do you want to give me this? Why are we doing this? And she's just like, well, why not? And kind of trying to entice him and everything. He's like, nah, there's a reason because there's no commendation to me. There's nothing special about me. You're, you're wanting to do something. You're trying to mess up Thrawn. You're trying to ruin Thrawn, which makes her angry, obviously. Um, but in doing so, she's like, well, you'll never get uh, another chance like this, and you'll da 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 and all this other kind of stuff, and, um, how Senator Gotti wants to see Thrawn fail, um, because actually what tipped him off, almost forgot about this, what tipped him off was her racist remark. <laughs> um, she had said that this opportunity wouldn't come around for a wild space person like you, and so we're seeing more of that kind of species racism and everything that we've been seeing from the beginning of the book. Um, and it, through her anger and everything, she lets out that uh, Senator Gotti does not want Thrawn to be anywhere, a, a non-human to succeed, uh, to be a captain of anything or a lieutenant of anything, that she wants to see him fail and fall on his face. And that when he does fail, that Eli will be caught up in it, and he'll be ruined too, and da-da-da-da. You'll never work in this town again, basically, all that kind of stuff. Um, and Eli's just kind of like, bump that, man. Thrawn's got me. And I know that in the earlier episodes of this, we've I pretty much said every time, unfortunately, Heather got a spoiler about Eli. She knows something about him that I don't, um, that I'm very fearful of every time I read anything about him, uh, because I don't think it ends well for him, but I want it to, so bad. Like, I, I love Thrawn and getting to see his inner monologue and everything, but I love the development of Eli, uh, because I, I relate to Eli a lot as far as just a character, because he's unsure of himself. Um, he doesn't think that he's something special, or he doesn't think that he's this grand person capable of this and that and that, and he feels like he's just kind of underutilized, and that he just wants to go back to his shipping job, man. He just wants to be a shipping and supply officer. That's it. Just give me my humble life and I'll be done. Um, but I think in these chapters, he's really starting to notice more about himself uh, with him reading and basically calling Colt's number 
uh, right in front of her face, which was really cool. Uh, but he's starting to realize that maybe he is meant for more. Even though his family, who he's decided to stop really looking forward to the comms and the letters and stuff like that, uh, because all they want to do is complain about how he's not a shipping officer, which is weird. It's like, son, why don't you underperform? Just be an underachiever for once. Come on. Get with it. The whole family is. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I think the development of Eli in this episode is really cool, or episode, and these chapters are really good. They still feel really episodic, by the way. Reading these three at a time, I could see them as an episode on TV, but, I mean, maybe one day we'll get it. But Eli's development in this and everything, he's he's really growing as a character, really starting to put a lot of more, a lot more stock in Thrawn, um, trusting that his lieutenant has his best interest and that maybe Thrawn sees something in him. Um, and it even goes one further in the, the last chapter, the, the chapter 12 of this week where Thrawn includes him on some of his kind of strategic analysis uh, where he's still taking on Clone Wars artifacts and everything, but now Thrawn has taken an interest in vulture droids um, if you remember those, those were like the uh, Starfighter automatic droids from the prequels. Um, so he's taking an interest in all these in, in these Vulture droids because all of a sudden he's seeing that they the the price of them on the this collector's market basically stayed the same for the longest time, and now all of a sudden the price is going up, meaning demand is rising as well. And he's asking Eli if he notices this. And Eli's like, hey, yeah, I'm noticing this, 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 this. And uh, he's like, okay, cool, we're going to Umbara, which is another Clone Wars reference, um, the home of the Shadow People. Uh, if you guys remember the uh, uh, General Jedi General Pong Krell, um, who looks kind of like, I think his name was Dax in Attack of the Clones that Obi-Wan talks to, um, where he betrays uh, the Republic and all that kind of stuff. That's that planet. They're there at the home of the Shadow People, um, Umbara, and um, they've decided that they're stockpiling vulture droids. Something's wrong. Something's not right. It's just things aren't adding up. And so Thrawn suggests that they go and check it out. Well, them along with another captain of a, another Imperial Star Destroyer, I think it's a heavy Star Destroyer, um, make it to Umbara. And they kind of give them the, hey, uh, people of Umbara, turn yourselves in. You won't be punished, just your leaders, as long as you turn yourselves in. And they have no response. And all of a sudden, from behind a moon or something, just a fleet of 400 vulture droids comes out of nowhere. And then that ends the chapter. Like, I just got chills thinking about that just imagery. Like, that's insane. Can you imagine an entire fleet coming out of here? Now, granted, this is Clone Wars era stuff, so likely the Star Destroyers can obviously handle it. But it's just the sheer mass of that. Like, that's insane. And so I honestly think going into Chapter 11, or I'm sorry, not Chapter 11, Chapter 13, uh, we're going to see a all-out war. Because uh, I want to know what the Umbarans are doing. Why they're acting against the Empire or... What may be happening? I mean, obviously, Empire is bad. We know that. They're not great. They're not good. 
Um, but what has caused the Umbarans to strike back? What has what has caused them to do what they are doing? So really exciting chapters. Um, I expect the next three to be just as exciting. Next week, we'll be here as well. Um, I will get you guys the time of when we're doing it live. Uh, but if you can't catch it live, no worries. You can catch our Holocron Book Club um, on Podbean, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you get your podcasts or just your social media or your Kessler Run Weekly. Yeah, please leave a comment. Uh, I'd still love to talk with you guys. Um, I'm on social media, or at least our social media, pretty much all the time. So if you leave a comment, I'll comment right back. We'll talk. It's a lot of fun. I love talking with you guys. Um, I love sharing theories and conspiracies and um, just kind of talking about Star Wars, man. Like, Star Wars is awesome, obviously. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. <laughs> so check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Kessel Run Weekly. Uh, and if you can't remember all of our social media stuff, no worries. Just go to KesselRunWeekly.com, and all of it's right there at the top of the page. All you got to do is click a button, and then you can find us anywhere. Um, so guys, thank you for joining me. I know this was a little unusual, uh, but it was still fun to talk about and everything. Uh, I'm excited to see where the next chapters are going. Um, for those of you following along with the book club, we are going to be doing chapters 13 through 16 um, next week. So we'll be going over those chapters and uh, talk about those on uh, at the latest Wednesday. But uh, our live show will be before Wednesday, uh, and I'll get you those times out. Um, and also, shameless plug, if you have not joined our Kessel Run Weekly group yet uh, on Facebook, please do so. Um, we haven't had a whole lot of activity going on there, but we want to. We want to be able to talk about everything, not just the show, just Star Wars in general. Um, do you like the prequels? Is Jar Jar a bad guy? Who is Snoke? Find out soon. Um, things like that. Like, let's talk. Let's let's talk on the group. Let's talk on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you guys want to talk. I promise I'll be there. Be sure to check out KesselRunWeekly.com, and may the Force be with you.